brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Cheers and welcome to the 25th episode of Coffee and UFOs. Thank you, everyone who has continued to support this program. For this special milestone episode, I had to bring on a special guest. And that guest is UFO Jane, also known by her real name as Jane Kyle, the host of the Weird UFO Show. We had a really good conversation. I really enjoyed it, and I know that you will as well. It went a little longer for Coffee and UFO episode than normal, but you know what? I'm not going to edit it down because it was really good and it's a special episode, so why not? We also went on a little sidetrack into sci-fi and Star Wars, which um, I think you'll appreciate because it all ties in together and makes sense. So thank you. If you're listening to the podcast, please share. If you're watching on YouTube, please like, subscribe, comment down below, hit the notification bell, and follow me on Twitter as well for future updates at paranormal underscore now. All right. Enjoy this episode of Coffee and UFOs. Do you have your um, coffee? Or, or a drink? Oh my god, I love it. That's awesome. That <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah. Well, cheers. Yeah, cheers. Yeah, this is my little little mini coffee cup. But I love it. if you make it strong enough, this is a lot of power <laughs> right here. Yeah, it's all about the proportion. It is, it is. Welcome, Jane Kyle, to Coffee and UFOs. And you are okay. So, we were having a conversation during a a live show recently, and your name came up. But it was the person from Texas. Oh, what's her name? Jane. Oh yeah, who? UFO Jane. But what's your real name? Um, uh, UFO Jane. <laughs> and I felt so bad because, like, because I I knew your name, but on on. The live stream, I was like, oh my God, I can't. Is it Kent? Is it? Uh, but so no, you're. No, my name is awesome. You don't ever have to apologize. Well, no, thank you. I feel better now. <laughs> but but it, it's kind of cool, though, that people just know you as UFO Jane. Yeah. And that's that's my fault because, you know, I've gone, you know, Jane Kyle is the, the real name. And then mm-hmm. UFO Jane is 
in the spirit of coffee, coffee and UFOs and some of the shows you do, like the more fun, more fun name. And it's really funny because on Instagram, my handle is UFOJTX for Texas. But a lot mm -hmm. of people just know me from Instagram and they see that name. And to, to them, I'm UFO Janet X. Oh. Long as okay. We're reading the chat online and looking at UFOs together, you know, whatever. So it's, it's funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, not UFO Janet. Can you can you can you pull the microphone closer to yourself? Though? I can also, if needed, I can try to reconfigure the mic I had before. That any better? Hallelujah. So I'll ask you the first question that we ask everybody on Coffee and UFOs, and that is, have you, Jane, see a, a UFO? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe one time. And I think I tell myself it was probably a drone. Mm -hmm. So this was well into being a ufologist or UFO researcher, whatever, whatever term you prefer. Um, this was well into that. I was just looking at some fireworks and honestly anticipating reports to my site because it was, I think, Fourth of July or some you know, New Year's Eve, something like that. Mm -hmm. um, so anticipating that people would be looking at it fireworks just like me and mistake things. And so there I see this triangle UFO, which I've documented on my site on many occasions. Many people in Texas see these. That's where I am in Texas. Mm -hmm. So red lights, clear triangle, dark covering there, very odd. And there was no part of me that told me to get, you know, there's no instinct in me to get my phone mm -hmm. to film it. I never wrote an article about it. So it, it, you'd think I would have done a whole video about it and investigate it, investigated it just like I do any report that comes my way. But my natural reaction was just, a, hmm, wonder what that was. Do you, is that, do you like keeping it mysterious for yourself, maybe? Maybe like I, I think you're on to something. Yeah, I think you're yeah. on to something. I'm sure I would see more if I really wanted to see more, and if I had wanted to learn more, I would have learned more, just like I do with other cases. Yeah. yeah. So, but technically, it was a UFO then. Oh, it definitely was. It was. I never, I never debunked it, identified mm -hmm. it. It will remain a mystery. My theory is, of course, okay, it could have been a drone. There are. Drones are increased, even at that time, were pretty advanced. Mm -hmm. Drones, an easy one. I mean, back in the day, it was weather balloons. Today, it's drones. So I, th I think that the living in the mystery, it's kind of my, my, my tagline at the end of the show, is what I love about all of this anyway. So, you know, do you, do you feel like there's an enchantment for you in, in the mystery? In the, or do you have to get the answers? I think there's definitely an enchantment. I mean, I would say it's half and half. Um, I have to get the answers. I have, so I have a journalism degree from UT Austin. I was considering that, that path for a little bit and ended up pursuing other types of content and then really found that the journalist in me was ignited by the UFO phenomenon. And really my immediate instinct when, and when, at, if my, Six sense goes off, like oh, that there's something to that. I can't can't ignore that, and so my immediate instinct is actually to debunk it. Mm 
to debunk it. So that's really what you do is you try, wow, that, that sounds too good to be true. Let's find out if it is too good to be true. And then you're left with these, you know, handful of cases that you couldn't get the answer for despite all your best efforts. And that definitely keeps me going at the same time. The more I learn and uncover, the more this phenomenon it gets increasingly complicated and confusing. So the mystery just gets deeper. Right. And when you say a handful of cases, I would say like a pile full of cases. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, that's fair. You know, like there's so, there's so many that yeah. are, in, are intriguing, um, but you just can't get a definitive answer on it. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like the ones that are most um, interesting really are eyewitness accounts where there's more than one witness. Uh, because at that point, it's really undeniable whether someone uh, wasn't imagining something or they misidentified something. Yep. And there's so many of those. I mean, so I'm, for those listening, watching, I'm in Texas. So uh, that's what I'm most familiar with are recent sightings here. And then also historically, and that's, sometimes people will ask me, oh, what's the best sighting that you've ever covered? And to me, it's more about the patterns. So it's not so much about that one alien abduction encounter that was reported to me that was really intriguing or that one report of a, of a flying saucer where they had a picture. It's more the patterns. So the triangle UFOs, which are just seen nonstop these days, it, it seems like in Texas, almost to the point where UFO researchers even almost tune it out. It's so ubiquitous. So that that stands out to me. And that's because so many people are seeing them from all walks of life, mm-hmm. posting it everywhere online, not just to me, photos, videos. Yes, the multiple witnesses and that the witnesses are of such a variety and are pilots sometimes and members of the military and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. When you're talking about patterns and statistics, I think of Cheryl Costa and uh, Linda Miller Costa of the um, UFO death reference, UFO sightings death reference. Um, and Cheryl Costa was saying recently that, um, well, she actually was talking about this after they had done their data collection. She Her sus- suspicion is that there's a six-year pattern of UFO spikes. And so she predicted that we should be entering one of those spikes now and then her most recent um, uh, data raking has shown that that indeed we're, we're moving into another spike, just as she had predicted. And it's it's odd. Like why why would these UFOs? Um, why would there be these peaks and valleys? Because no matter what's happening in Texas or New York or the United States or the world, like it, it, it does, the phenomena doesn't seem to care about our politics, our, our wars, our famines, any any of that. It, so what do you think that could be? Yeah, that's really fascinating. I'd be curious to look at that data in more detail and compare it to some of the things I've seen. And that's also a gap for me. So I have a lot of really great statistical information. I'd have a, a great at my fingertips that I've been logging over the years. And so I have a lot of things I'd like to launch with that. We do have I do have a triangle UFO map you can browse. So I'd like to look into that because I have noticed things like that. Um, summertime, for example, seems to triangle UFOs will peak and there's some summers that are more um, 
are heavier than others. And yeah, it does seem to, and there's these waves and I know mm-hmm. they, they're called mm-hmm. UFO flaps yeah, yeah. in the community. And that definitely occurs. And that's actually how I can determine if something was tr- really anomalous, like just seen by one person or really was a legitimate phenomenon, you know, for maybe, maybe it's a sighting that went on for many days in a row or over weeks. So Mm-hmm. Yeah, that does happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think needs to change in the ufology community um, at large or specifically in investigative measures? Yeah. Well, I mean, I really love the community and even, you know, even those who maybe don't agree with me or send me not so kind messages sometimes. Um, and I think what the community has done to date has been really amazing. And yeah, sure. There's, you know, single specific people who are in the limelight a lot and giving credit for disclosure and all that, but this has been a complete group effort from day one. And the only reason Tom DeLong could go out there and talk about this is because other people were talking about it. Right. And people were comfortable Right. So I think continuing to talk about it and doing what we've been doing, um, well, I'd say there's room for improvement is let's just, you know, live by our own example. So um, as or, or not live by our own example, but let's keep the conversation going. So if at this point we still only want to talk to other UFO believers who believe the same thing as us and have followed the same research set of research then we're really limiting and 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 stopping disclosure now you know we need to talk to as many people as we can and understand that a person you know a friend or a neighbor who's never researched ufos before Mm -hmm. maybe they've seen a ufo they may be a better source about this than you or maybe they have a theory about this that's different than something you ever thought about Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe it's more correct than yours. And so this is a time for us all to feel comfortable talking about it and just and not try to necessarily prove yourself or, or try yeah. to prove a yeah. specific opinion. But let's just talk about this comfortably and be able to share ideas and and allow others now that this is in the news and things like that. Mm-hmm. The president's mentioning it maybe more people will come and share their sightings. So we want to be welcoming of that. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off, my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Yeah, absolutely. And I agree with you. It's kind of like um, storytelling. If you're a writer, you're drawing on a whole history of books that you've read. So, mm-hmm. you know, if if some part of your story is similar to someone else's story in the past, it doesn't make you a plagiarist, you know. And in the UFO community, I feel like you have someone out in, in California and someone out in New Hampshire. They can come up with the same idea at the same time, you know, mm-hmm. 
And, right. and that's, that's the whole idea of now that it, it is fantastic that we have an online collective uh-huh. where people can just share their thoughts in real time and theorize um, on I- ideas and, and throw their you know hypotheses out there uh, for people to look at. Um, and so yeah, the idea of like taking credit for one particular proposal, you know, is, yeah, it's, yeah, so, it's silly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, there's a little bit of like controversy around Tom DeLong. I personally, like, I, I don't mind so much that he's doing his thing. I, I think that all, the media, media needs to be a little bit responsible themselves because he's getting the attention because he's high profile and he's has these high profile connections, right? Yeah, right. Um, and so the media is just going after after them and they're not doing their background research first mm-hmm. they would do their 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 you know deep research they would realize oh a lot of these ideas or these videos even you know existed before mm-hmm. um, it's a failing i think on the part of media and that's why it's great that um people like yourselves who pursue journalism decide that this is the route they want to go because uh, we need that you know thanks yeah i mean that's definitely the goal and, um, you know, early on, I would say the community was or the readers really were those who had been researching this for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, a number of if you haven't researched this for a while, but then you see something, you you become a witness and and we end up meeting and getting to know each other. Right. Um, but I will say as disclosure is approaching, which is maybe a controversial statement, but it's becoming more of a newsworthy topic. The Mm -hmm. audience is getting much bigger and broader. And I think it's fun. I have uh, some on a, our weird UFO show on YouTube. We have some interviews coming out that I think will be really fun. I got one with a comedian. So kind of, so that uh, just let's, look at this from a different angle, you know, not necessarily somebody who's written a bunch of alien books, right? Yeah. Was that the Dave Foley? So that, so that's actually another example. So this, this is a new interview that will be posted soon with a Mm -hmm. comedian named Jessa Reed. It was actually filmed before the quarantine and it's a great conversation. It's a really different angle, but Dave Foley is um, who you guys may know from kids in the hall and all kinds of stuff. So we're a fan of a bug's life here at home. He voices <laughs> uh, the main bug character in that and in a bunch, he's been in a ton of stuff. Yeah. Um, and so he is interested in this. And I met him at area 51 um, not too long ago and he's awesome. So we've got an interview with him as well as director Jeremy Corbell and Ryan Sprague. Uh, mm-hmm. So that that was a really fun panel. And again, yeah, just along the lines of let's take this conversation to everybody. Yes. Yeah, instead of just talking to each other. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. There, there's a lot of talking to each other, which is awesome. Um, but yeah, it does kind of feel sometimes that it's it's a feedback loop right. um, and you're not, not getting that broader audience. What do you, how do you feel about ancient aliens on history? I think it's a blast. I mean, I definitely, it's a fun TV show. Mm -hmm. It's so provocative. The ideas need to exist. They need to be out there. If it wasn't for ancient aliens, who knows what mainstream archaeology or history would look like. Think about if people weren't even considering those ideas. Um, It's definitely still a TV show. 
people say things and, you know, make mistakes mm-hmm. um, <laughs> or, you know, might over sensationalize, uh, but they're yeah. pretty careful in that show. These are ideas. These yes. are theories. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, I, I love it. I'm a fan. Yeah. Me too. I, I think, I think it's, it's been a wonder for ufology actually. And then even though, you, cause you've brought a, just a huge crop of people in just from this one show. Um, and now granted, yes. Yeah, so maybe a lot of those people have more spectacular ideas that may not be very well grounded. Um, but at least you brought their attention and then they're sharing this with other people. And then you have younger people who will pursue archaeology and science. Mm-hmm. And they're, because of their exposure to programs like this, they'll have that yeah. much more of an open mind. So totally. even as they do their own research and they're like, oh, maybe that's a little bit too, too far off the mark. They're still curious now about something that they would not have been before. Um, I remember there's a, a, a a pseudo friend of mine, um, more of like a work acquaintance years ago. And he was studying archeology span and he came across uh, Graham Hancock's work and it completely changed the trajectory of, of his thinking. You know? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and I see the same thing here with this. Right. And, and that's so important. And that is, yeah, let's not underestimate the idea, the power of the idea, just the idea that you look at a a, a, a cave um, painting or an, a hieroglyph or a set of stones and that you're allowed to have your own theories about why people did that. Sure. You know, that you don't have to accept the mainstream idea mm-hmm. about why people did that. You can understand what that is and you can take that into consideration. Um, but so far, time travel is at least not public. <laughs> that technology so again it's i mean it's like well probably anything really the deeper you get but we can't there really is nobody who can go back in time and relive those situations and and understand exactly what it was like to live during that time or what it was like to see different things in the sky Mm -hmm. um yeah so i think that's yeah extremely important and it does segue to the ufo phenomenon because Disclosure, um, whether you think it's coming or not, it, it's a talking point, right? There's two aspects about it. So there's the modern day UFO phenomenon, and then there's the history of the UFO phenomenon. Right. Mm-hmm. So both need to be understood. You know, if we, you know, become to realize one aspect of it it then leads to the next um, uncovering. So if we accept that UFOs are here today, well, how long have they been here? Um, If we find out, if we all agree that some UFOs were around back in the day, some other species beyond humans, then, okay, well, where did they go? Yeah. Yeah. It it feeds back. Right. Right. So like, so something that you uncover in the modern phenomena um, in real time might be a, a clue or a puzzle piece for something in the past and vice versa. Exactly. It's yeah. like anything, right? If I, mm-hmm. if I was to find out why are there cars to go find out the history of cars. Yeah. So there, there's or, no, or, really no other, there's no other way, you know, you're yeah. going to either start, you know, being ancient aliens or ancient ufology and then, okay, what does that mean for today? Or you'll start today. And what does that mean for the past? 
Right. Well, it's like if you were to see a hieroglyphic um, of, I don't know, a chariot, let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, but you are a traveling nomad thousands of years ago, and you saw this image. You would have no idea Mm-mm. what it is. Now, it might, you know, some, it's a more of a simplistic engineering, so it might spark some ideas in your mind. But you would look at that and go, what is that? Mm-hmm. But if you came from a culture that had the wheel, then you'd be able to put it together and go, oh, yeah. oh, okay, I see what that is. Mm-hmm. So that that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm still I'm still iffy about the whole time travel thing though, because well, I mean, it's definitely, if the technology exists. It hasn't been publicly disclosed to us, and but it worries me because yeah. I feel like okay, because because my con- my understanding of the concept of time is that it's not linear, right? So if it's not linear and we can also time travel, you know, what does that mean? What does that mean? Because like, cause are we disrupting if we're time traveling or if every time we time travel, everything is reset and we just don't even know it. Like you and I are talking, mm-hmm. right? And then like a minute from now, whatever's happening a minute from now could have been affected by a time traveler, but we wouldn't even be aware of it. Yep. Like our past history could change. Maybe there was a history where Lincoln or was still alive. Effect, right. I guess that's the idea behind the Mandela effect yeah. is, mm-hmm. which it's, it, it, what's kind of cool about the Mandela effect over time is there really haven't been new ones. So as a skeptic, you could say, at least I, I look for new ones and I can't find that. So as a skeptic, you say, well, it's just trending. We figured out everything. We missed memory, you know, and we figured mm-hmm. it all out. Or you could say maybe there was some kind of shift that happened. Yeah. And it was this tangible moment in time because the Mandela effect, there's some that um, you could debunk very easily, just like UFO sightings. But there's others that are are hard to. And I know we're not talking aliens or UFOs, but Mm -hmm. time travel is relevant for so many reasons um time space all of that obviously has to be understood in order to create crazy advanced spacecraft that's going across the galaxy right so that's something you know obviously we're still learning about time so in a more advanced alien in a spaceship may be manipulating it to some degree or, or manipulating space and time and time yeah. Right. To get to where you're going. So it's relevant in in that, you know, considering that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also relevant. I mean, people wonder, OK, if if us humans were eventually to advance and create spacecraft in the future. You know, would we be able to come back and, and visit today? You know, is that something yeah. we would, wouldn't want to do? Is that what some of those UFOs are? So that's been a fun. I know people have had fun discussing that. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, I remember. Yeah. I remember Art Bell used to from Coast to Coast AM. For anyone who I don't know, maybe doesn't know Art Bell, and I'm sure I'm sure there people are who don't. Um, but he used to talk about that. He would imagine that perhaps the Greys are just human beings. You know, a thousand years from now. Um, you know, we've just all you know intermingled, went out to space. You know, mutated a little bit, came back and. And that's what we look like. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, totally. And um, to go back to the Mandela effect a little bit, just because mm-hmm. we're talking about future, the more fascinating Mandela effects, like the Berenstein Bears one, which if people hadn't followed along at the time, people were called different spellings of that. I'm not even sure if I'm going to get it right. People remember it E-I-N, um, but it's spelled uh, Berenstein. Yes. E-I-N. But yeah. it's actually spelled A-I-N, but everybody remembers E-I-N. Mm-hmm. Um, I did some digging, and there is some family history around that family. And Berenstein was sometimes changed to Berenstein um, to hide there's a Jewish ancestry. I'm not sure, but you know how people would change their names in early mm-hmm. migration. So there actually is something to that. So I would ask diggers to look into that because um, I believe there could have been a family history with EIN. Well, do you, do you remember? Um... Was it Shazam? Was it yes, that was one of them. Was one of them, right? Yes, um, that was one of them. And I remember that one too. I I have yeah, that. I thought that was a movie too. I mean, people are saying that it's it's just um, a bunch of people mixing up the Kazam, which happened. It does. But what what if that's what if the Shazam actually happened? Kazam didn't happen until it changed. And Kazam right. is actually what happened. Because that's the idea. It wasn't. It's not that you're just remembering different things. You would be remembering another timeline. So, like a lot of missed memories, people remember different movie endings. And like, but then you'll find out that there was that movie ending planned. So they're like, oh well, maybe you watched. That. Well, maybe it's just that in this timeline they went with movie ending A, but you're remembering remembering movie ending B. Uh, but something kind of fun and spooky, and I, I'm sorry to get too much off the UFO path, but mm-hmm. that's relevant, <laughs> um, is oh, The Simpsons. Yeah. So The Simpsons is known even by those who are, are normal oh, yeah. <laughs> to be predictive. Mm-hmm. And the, the most fascinating uh, Mandela effect situations have all been directly referenced in The Simpsons. So there's a Berenstein Bears parody book. Um, there's a book of Berenstein Bears, and it's a clear parody, you know, so it's like a, they have the, a Berenstein Bears book in a Simpsons episode with the different title that you wouldn't expect. Um, the Henry VIII with the turkey leg, that's something that people remember. There's a Homer Simpson. They they reenact. Um, there's a portrait of Henry VIII with the turkey leg that everybody remembers. It doesn't exist, though. He's holding something else, I think. Um, but in the Simpsons, they have that painting of Henry VIII with the turkey leg. Um, The different Mona Lisa, people remember different Mona Lisa paintings. In The Simpsons, they have a whole episode where they have Lisa Simpson do different Mona Lisa paintings. Yes, yes. Um, So all like the most fun Mandela effects are directly referenced in The Simpsons, which I just find... It's like they're almost messing with us and trying to inflame that. And I find that so weird. No, I love it. And, and The Simpsons also excuse me, has uh, been predictive as well. Right. And so are, <laughs> were they predicting the Mandela effect conversation and then like so that they could just um, somehow and so that they could include all these references. Yeah, uh, but it's, so it's and there's more examples. I think people have done YouTube videos on it because it's so wild. Um, Maybe one of the writers in Simpsons is from the future. <laughs> yeah, or he started it, right? Like, or the Simpsons writers are like, let's start the Mandela effect. Um, right. Yeah. yeah. 
So well, that's the other other big uh, conversation is, are UFOs nuts and bolts or is there a paranormal overlap? You know, are they one and the same? Is this really a paranormal phenomena or interdimensional rather than just extraterrestrials? Yeah, I think you can tell by the way this conversation has been diverging. I definitely consider, deeply consider all the angles. And so nuts and bolts, there's definitely physical craft that have been caught on video and Mm -hmm. photo and seen by witnesses, um, perhaps studied at facilities like the S1 near Area 51 and reverse engineered. So there's, and um, I believe that there were physical sightings of humanoid like creatures, at least back in the day, maybe around Roswell era, but even earlier, um, based on all the different testimony. However, in recent years, Almost um, all alien encounters don't seem to have that physical trace of evidence. Um, Not saying that they're any less real for those that encounter these, whatever they are. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there's not, yeah, there's not that physical evidence. It's it's something recalled um, in a dreamlike state or in hypnosis or um, and it's often experienced in a dreamlike state. Yeah. So. Which has me wondering, is there something, yes, beyond the physical going on here? Could we be visited remotely, interdimensionally, you know, across time? Um, Yeah, there's something going on. Right. It's funny. The same thing, the same evolution happened with Bigfoot, too. (laughs) Yes. I think the majority of people now think Bigfoot is is crossing this liminal threshold and entering our reality. Um, but, But it's also physical. Mm -hmm. so it leaves physical traces it can break twigs it can build nests it can make sounds interact um but then it can just like cross back over Uh, i love because that explains how um enigmatic it is and how it can disappear so fast my my wife and i we were um uh, we were at uh james gillen's ranch years ago and we were uh, camping in his field it was a one night stay over and we were traveling through the Pacific Northwest and in the middle of the night, um, my wife makes me up and it's like, there's something outside. Um, and I, I woke up, do you ever wake up and you have to go to the bathroom really bad? Um, that, was, that was the state I was in. Like, I was like, Oh my God. Like as soon as I, I woke up, I was like, Oh my God, I gotta go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, Oh my God, there's something walking. There's like a, and it's a grass field. Um, we knew someone nearby had a dog, but the dog was a, like a tiny little Jack Russell kind of dog, um, which, it, you know, be like, you know, little, little feet running. So I was like, okay, this is not a deer. Not- Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. The dog, like, what is this sound? It was right outside the tent. Um, but I had to go to the bathroom so bad. I was like, I can't stay in here. You know? Oh, my so gosh. I just, like, unzipped and went outside. And I was gone. Like, whatever it was. And this is a big open field. Mm-hmm. So if it was a deer, if it was a dog, whatever, um, or, big, or Bigfoot, 
if it was running away, I would have heard it or seen it. And mm. then there was just nothing there. Just whatever this thing was disappeared. Now, I don't know if it's actually Bigfoot, but it had a bipedal um, um, pace or the, the way it walked gait yeah. to it. So, uh, Do you have any cats by chance? Yeah, we have a cat, yeah. Uh, we, we have a cat. I've had cats growing up, but this recent cat is like, I'm like, this is where people get the whole idea of cats like being magical and interdimensional because I mean, it's like he just disappears sometimes. Like, and I, and I know he's just like a cat and he's fast yeah, yeah. and sneaky. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really makes me wonder sometimes, <laughs> like, did he just, you know, just literally disappear on me and then go into another realm and come back? Yeah. Um, I definitely know some cryptozoologists who are not a fan of the Bigfoot is, some magical ghost-like figure, and they tend to think that it, he, he really is um, a relic. It's a, mm-hmm. um, and and there's a lot of um, there is physical evidence, you know, the the footprints and stuff like that. However, when we're talking about interdimensional beings that could be visiting, I mean, um, that's just a hard box to keep very small and to keep closed and to mm-hmm. just not consider when you do have like encounters like you had and you right. know maybe we're talking about multiple things and it's all just colliding together for sure uh but look chewy in star wars was a big hairy yeah. advanced you know a communicated just fine it was highly intelligent and you know why why wouldn't chewy maybe occasionally come to earth for something and oh shoot well you i'm sure okay so you have it behind you which i think is awesome because that's my favorite movie of all time yes yes. you've you've heard the et crossover theory right well i know that et is in star wars in a star wars um yes yeah yeah yes yes it's in the the, the the fall so exactly Yep. And there's this idea that maybe maybe um, because in E.T., Elliot's playing with Star Wars characters, that maybe those characters were actually inspired right. by, and it's like this whole, anyway, um, yeah, yeah, that's totally. a conundrum, but I, I just love that that idea. Um, so is E.T. one of your top top favorite movies? Then? It's my very favorite. Me too. So I'm, I'm a big movie buff, so I lot, like a lot of movies. You know, I like Star Wars and stuff, but E.T., it, it's so great from a filmmaking perspective, yeah. Steven Spielberg acting and everything, and just the story is timeless. Mm-hmm. Of course, there is a lot of fun lore around it. Uh, apparently, Steven Spielberg, I think, or somebody quoted Steven Spielberg, somebody, there's some quote somewhere that this was based on a true story, uh, I think, mm-hmm. when it was introduced. Okay a white house screening so somebody can go do the digging on that one i think there's a lot of speculation around it anyways over the years so it's kind of hard to get to the bottom of but there's definitely that and spielberg's an interesting director there's close encounters of the third kind which has similar lore around it and spielberg's pretty focused on the space and alien topic so well, absolutely you know but what, what makes spielberg so great though is is his humanism and mm-hmm. um his best yeah. films all felt like little mini mythologies um <clears throat> i saw um chase Kletsky was no it was a chase I, I don't know somebody was was tweet no it wasn't her but someone was was tweeting something 
um, online speculating the theories about what Jaws meant, and it was all political. And I was like, no, that's not Steven Spielberg. It's about yeah. who, it, like it's there's a myth arc to that, mm-hmm. and and particularly in ET, yeah, it, my understanding is it was based on his childhood. Um, you know, I don't. I think he had a single mom or his dad. Uh, I don't know what the dynamic was there, but a lot of that was drawn. Um, yeah, his home, his home life, and that that was like the heart of the film. Mm-hmm. Well, my favorite scenes, and this might be the the film buff in me, but mm-hmm. my favorite scenes are the quieter scenes when the family's just interacting, like yeah. uh, when he's yeah. doing dishes and the steam's coming up, and that that's like a very iconic scene. And there's nothing mm-hmm. happening in that; it's just a human moment. And yeah, so I yeah, I totally agree, and I'm I'm a fan of all the Spielberg movies for that reason. Yeah. Always, yeah. The the, the- the best gift I've ever been given my entire life um, was for my wife. And she surprised me and took me to the Lincoln Center to watch an orchestrated E.T. So E.T. was, oh, was so cool. up on the screen and a live um, pop orchestra was playing. It was, I, I was tearing. And like, we were the, 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 the only ones, like everybody was like crying because the music yeah, through you in a way that John Williams. Um, I love, I love music, and yeah. I mean everybody loves music. Most people love music. Um, most humans <laughs> love music. Uh, but John Williams, yes, I mean Star Wars, it, E.T., a mm-hmm. lot of alien space movies that are embedded in us. We have those scores with us too, so it's yeah. the soundtrack to a lot of what's yeah the future <laughs> yeah yeah mm-hmm. yep. all right so speaking of future yeah. what what do you want to see change in the future of ufology yeah so we were kind of touching on this before and mm-hmm. like i was saying i really think we just need to keep chugging along and doing what we've been doing talking about it with their friends and family and you know in places like this um but i think it's just really important that we don't shut down conversations. We try not to be so sensitive, not to be so weary of an idea we don't agree with. Or, you know, if there's somebody tweeting at you with an idea and you think it's crap (laughs) because they don't have the right sources, what's a productive way you can continue the conversation with them? You know, don't make fun of them. Don't put them down because then you miss out on that chance to educate them. And, and similarly, listen, you know, don't assume that you're always right. Mm-hmm. What other people have to say? Um, I think that's so important right now is to listen. Yeah. Listen. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think listening. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, that crosses over from ufology to politics. Like if you're beating people over the head with your idea, that doesn't reach them. There's no way. You're gonna find that 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 something inside of them that you can connect with, and maybe maybe get them to think a little bit differently or see things from your your side. Um, yeah. I think that's what the, the brilliance of Spielberg is, and and George Lucas too. Yeah, because um, even in George Lucas, there's there's some politics there, right? Even in the, the original trilogy, um, but he's not hitting you over the head with it. He's yeah. coming to your to your heart first, um, mm-hmm. and then I think I think it's movies like that and Star Trek. Um, Gene Roddenberry, he wanted, he was very progressive in the 60s, mm-hmm. right? 
but yeah. he for TV and he was trying to, to reach people's heart through science fiction. And I think that was, it was brilliant, you know? Yeah, the, totally. The human element of it. Yeah. I mean, Star Wars is a great example. We are now going into space. A lot of the <sighs> ships and stuff that we see in Star Wars aren't far off from what we're creating right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but you take this old Western style group of human characters and you put them in that scene and it, it's a lot more comforting and relatable. And uh, we can see what we have to offer the universe. It's not necessarily, okay, oh, us dumb human beings, let's look to the smart aliens. Yeah. But yeah. How can, what's awesome about being human? Uh, yeah. Are you, are you a hardcore Star Wars fan? So I am. And then I also married, married, like he has the tattoo. And then oh, okay. we had a child who <laughs> um, <laughs> just had, like, had it in his DNA, essentially. Yeah. So we're a Star Wars house. Yeah, I mean, I'm a huge Star Wars fan, but I have to be honest. Yes, the environment has. Um, have you guys be watching frozen a little bit more you know if it wasn't for that but <laughs> right, right i just watched frozen too it's pretty good i enjoyed it's it actually, it's great yeah, yeah. It's good. um did, did you finish season seven of clone wars okay so clone wars i'm not that now my husband and son probably have Okay, so that, I, that I, I haven't, yeah, I haven't dug too much. I mean, we did Mandalorian, obviously, right. and you know all the different movies and everything. But no, I don't know. That's like next level, right? Like, next level yeah. fandom because because I, I tried watching from the beginning of Clone Wars, um, and I, I just couldn't get into it. It was just you know like, and I don't mean this offensively. It's just it, it's it's designed very much to okay. kids. Now the storytelling and the character arc, you know, there are mature themes in there and, and it's really well done, but I just couldn't get into it. But yeah. then um, people were like, you have to see the last four episodes of okay. season seven. So I just watched the last four episodes of season, season seven. Oh, that's for me, it was like the, one of some of the best Star Wars. Oh, that's good to I know. I might say better than the, the sequels um, in, in a weird way. You can't really like quantitate you can't really equate those two things or compare them because it's very different. But the feeling I had, I I just like from start to finish, I was like, this is really beautifully written and really well done. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I loved it. So if you get a chance, if you just skip like all the rest of the seasons, the last four, it was really good. That's good to know. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. really good to know. Yeah. I mean, Um, I've liked all everything you know in the star wars mm-hmm. world but for a different reason i mean they're all so different so i try to yeah you know even appreciate jar jar binks you know <laughs> for <laughs> i i never really had a problem with the character of jar jar binks it was some of the the choices made to use him like in, in the the battle of um like oh, what's the battle when they're on the field in in phantom menace um where he's like falling and tripping and the balls are going yeah. everywhere. I was like, that's cool that he's like a silly, goofy character for kids, but uh-huh. it's more as like a, a scene in a battle. It was just too cartoonish, you know? Distracting. Yeah. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. distracting. Exactly. But like, yeah. like, I still kind of enjoy Jar Jar. I didn't hate, I never hated Jar Jar. Um, yeah. And actually, I'm, I'm kind of a fan of Phantom Menace, which I, I think is funny because I think Attack of the like those movies now. Yeah, like now as time has passed. 
Mm-hmm. You know, you're kind of over the expectation or whatever it is you thought it was yeah. supposed to be. And it really is very kid friendly and mm-hmm. fun, those movies. So, I, yeah, we appreciate them more now than, yeah. you know, when they first came out. So. Well, Dave Filoni in an interview was just talking about um, how he understood Duel of the Fates, the song. But the scene where Obi-Wan, Qui-Gon, and Darth Maul are all are fighting, right? He broke it down basically saying that Duel of the Fates is the, the two fates for Anakin. It, this is the decisive mm-hmm. moment in Anakin's life. Had Qui-Gon mm-hmm. Jinn beat Darth Maul and not died, he would have been the father figure that he wanted to be uh-huh. for Anakin. Whereas Obi-Wan, he didn't want anything to do with Anakin when they first met him. And he mm-hmm. was touched by the book Jedi that mm-hmm. became more of a brother than a father figure. Um, and so that's where Anakin's, like, his path completely skewed. Yeah, and that's why amazing. it all blew over fruits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which was just so, just took it to another level for me. You know? Yeah, Duel of the yeah. Fates, that's a good one. I had, We sung that in choir. Oh my God, it was like the song I ever got to sing in choir, like with an orchestra and stuff. It was amazing. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I know we went off way off topic, but yeah, <laughs> that's right. but thanks for hanging out. Thank you. This was so much fun. Yeah, yeah. So for everyone watching, please go to um, Weird UFO. That's the channel. No, UFO James. I'm so I'm confusing. Here. I know you. I mean, the Weird UFO Show dot com. Mm-hmm. You know, you can essentially find everything from there. If you type in texasyoutube.com slash Texas UFO sightings, you'll get to, you know, the interviews and stuff and you can search UFO Jane, but I'm, you'll find me. Okay, <laughs> You've cool. been annoying enough out there. So yes. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. All right. And cheers. Yeah. Cheers. Thank you all for joining us for this episode of coffee and UFOs. For more information, please follow me on Twitter at paranormal underscore now and i wish you all the best in health and wellness and until next time live in the mystery As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. 
Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.